Hi! Didn't expect to be doing this on this day at all. Um, happy Father's Day. Yeah, exactly, right? Completely forgot our timing for, like, these episodes. Also, happy birthday to me! Uh... <laughs> well, it's Father's Day. That's, that's more recognized by everybody. <laughs> Halika, Halika, you're jumping a little too far into the DILF episodes. Um... Oh, shh, shh, shit, you're right, you're right. Either way, thank you all for listening to Off the Notepad. You know, we're just considering this your gift to me. Like, we we want those listens, we want those views. Thank you so much, Gib. Uh, <laughs> you know, share this podcast with your friends, your family, anyone who's willing to listen, and I'll see you all at the break. Thank you for listening. Bye! Hello and welcome to Off the Notepad. I am Halika Campbell. And I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And I think it goes without saying, we're the greatest creative writing majors, soon to be free writers in the world. Yeah. It's yeah, very, very exciting. soon. Yeah. Not scary at all, the concept of trying to write a thesis. Oh, yeah, no, no. Not life crushing at all. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> senior anxiety aside, I have a protagonist for you. Exciting. Not at all terrifying. No, 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 no. We're not even repressing it. Yes. Not even thinking about it. No, today we're thinking about the clunky robot. Ooh. Yes. So this is by far one of my favorite concepts. I mean, you've seen, what is the lad's name? Baymax from Big Hero 5? Is it 6? Is it Big Hero 5 or 6? Big Hero 6. That's what I thought. That's what I said the first time. Big Hero 6. (laughs) Kevin, cut that. Devin will not be cutting that because it's funny. It was worth a shot. <laughs> um, but just like a robot with a big lovable heart, um, some magical capability for empathy. Going for a good robot this time. Because oh. we will be going for a mean robot someday. <laughs> okay. Are we starting with empathy or building towards empathy? Because that's a popular robot trope. Building towards empathy. I think we're starting with it. Interesting. I want to see. Because then it's just the... Ideally, it depends on the prompt. That is true. (laughs) But the plight of the robot should be more so um, people accepting the robot's external. Oh, yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. But just a lovable lovable little bot. Or big bot. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's see. This is the same problem I had last time. These are primarily for humans. Oh no. It'll but we're gonna we're gonna go with this one, okay? Okay, I'm ready. So this actually relates to uh modern newsly things that have been happening. So Oh a pervasive drought and lowering lake levels has revealed an underground cavern of people or robots who have been isolated since the ice age. Oh, interesting. So this is a new colony that has been developing underground. Yes. Interesting. Ooh. It'd be kind of fascinating. This is actually an idea I've been poking around with quite a bit, is the idea of um, robots far outlasting humans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it would be interesting if, like, our robot has always lived in this world where there is nothing but machine and metal. And then this colony of humans comes out. Interesting. So are we talking like futuristic-esque where humans have since become extinct? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because what would be cool is if the humans at one point decided to abandon the upper world to go underground. They left their machines to perform their tasks and the machines did that. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's really fascinating about the prompt is that this sounds like a a national event, like it is heard about everywhere because the water levels are lowering. Yes. There's a drought. Yes. So it's not like we have our clunky, lovable bot who like stumbles upon this colony. It's no, everyone knows about this colony, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah, we could put our clunky bot in the position of like part of the exploration team. I was going to say, or bot ambassador. Bot ambassador. I love good robots. I love good robots. I do like that, though, a robot exploration team. Yeah. It's kind of cool because then, I don't know, are most robots, like, capable of um, 
I guess, replicating emotion in this sense? Because then it'd be interesting to start this book off with like our robot investigation team, investigation, exploration team, <laughs> robo detectives. <laughs> Next episode. Um, and they're just having like normal banter. Because mm-hmm. then I almost wonder if you could set it up where you don't realize that these are robots until the robots stumble on like the human colony. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Do you know one thing I get obsessed about as a writer? Hmm. Names. Names? And now I'm trying to think of a way to name them so that they're not... They feel like they could be human names, but as soon as you find out they're not human, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like, it has tracked the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of funny if most robots in this age were named after... um. Like their production companies oh, or like factory names. Like they just inherit those as they go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me why, why, tell me why my first thought was Smith & Wesson. Smith & Wesson, yeah, yeah. Gun company. <laughs> there's a lot of really deep intricacies with this because in my mind, there's no way that the robots had advanced this far because I assume they have like a robo city built of sorts like sure 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 obviously if they have a robo exploration team like they're capable of exploration and stuff mm-hmm. i don't think that like the higher up robots the robots who are in charge of like putting out commands there's no way that they didn't know that they were still humans i just feel like you do like earth scans you check dirt and stuff like that or their memory was old enough that they just know. Right. They know that the humans went underground and left them. Because mm-hmm. I kind of like the tension between you knew we were underground, but you didn't say anything and you abandoned us. We thought you were dead. You left us for dead in that sense. Mm. I like the idea of the higher ups just like not caring that there are humans down there. Oh, yeah. Like, who cares? For We could definitely go the route of, like, their lives are so finite, it's not worth the effort to care about them. Oh, yeah. I think also, too, it's that, it's that, and it's also that consideration of, it doesn't matter if there are humans, we have a job to do. Yeah. We've so far outgrown the need for people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that pisses the humans off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm about to... What is the meaning of life for a robot? God, I don't know. What even, is yeah. the end goal of robot life? Because the very easy answer you have for human life is some sort of reaching of happiness or finding a community or contentment or family or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Robots don't do that. And also robots, quote unquote, live forever. Right. So what are they working towards, and why don't humans fit into that scope? Uh, like, trying to get in the mindset of our clunky robot, I feel like the purpose is just to keep going until you can't, like, with your task. Like, keep exploring and understanding the world, because there is always something new to find. So ultimate understanding of the world. I think so, yeah. Right up until the bolts rust or whatever. Yeah. But even then, like, robots continue to, like, repair themselves and mm-hmm. keep moving. So, and I'm sure eventually it would move into like galactic understanding. Oh yeah, if it hasn't already. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're definitely in a position where we're gearing up towards like yeah. full-on space travel. Do you think robots strive to be environmentally friendly? I think these ones do, because I feel like it's the logical. We need the ground under us to stay workable. Yeah. And I feel like in the, because, you know, we talk a lot about, um, as people, I don't know why I said we, but like, there's a big debate about the ethics of AI that I've been studying. Mm. Um, I think I've said this several times on this podcast, oh God. Um, (laughs) But just like the idea is we need the AI to be better than we are. So I feel like in a world where robots are this, um, they have this much agency, they have to be environmentally aware. Because they have to be better than humans are about that. Mm-hmm. So this is a very anthrocentric perspective. But, like, why? What do the robots need the environment for? They need oil. The mm-hmm. environment isn't going to give that to them. That's true. Unless they found some way to 
recreate it themselves. And that's even if they still need oil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by all means, we could do this route. They thought of, they thought of, they found a significantly more sustainable and efficient fuel source than uh, fossil fuels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're like, perfect, this is in nature. And because we need this one thing, destroying anything else would destroy all of it. That's true. It becomes more of an inconvenience than anything else. Yeah. I like that. I also would be really interested in a route where it's just, if you ask a robot why it's doing what it's doing, it can't really answer that because it's just programmed to do this one thing. That's true. Like there is no ethical understanding, which we could have our robots develop because we're not um, going the route where we need like, oh, you need to understand human nature. Because our robots do. Our robots mm-hmm. have robot nature, which is better. So, but we're writing our main character with ethics. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if our clunky robot is like a, because our clunky robot is also an explorer. Yeah. So I think they're one of the robots that just have a deeper understanding of the world in general. That's true. Their job is to learn more and upload it to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Ethics professor. Whoop. My beloved round robo child. I don't know if robots need education, though. No, because they just they have the cloud. Yeah. Just USB stick. That's all education is. It's just like... <sighs> yeah. This, this... Okay, this narrative feels like there's going to be a hive mind scene. A very terrifying, ugly hive mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some hierarchy. I wonder if we can, like, defect from that, though. Yeah. Because it also would be really funny if... Because I'm trying to think about what the stakes are in the story. We have a lot of good world building. Mm-hmm. That's because robots are naturally the best thing ever. <laughs> um, but we like because our protagonist is the clunky robot and not the humans, we're not working on like a humans rediscovering the world story. It's a clunky robot living in a new age for both yeah. robots and humans. Yeah. I do imagine the humans are kind of pissed that the robots are like thriving above because mm-hmm. it's had to be like a hard century or however long underground. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the humans like have a really pitiful like revolt. <laughs> oh. But then like the robots are just, we have outgrown the need for weapons. We've outgrown the need for, you know, anything because we are, you know, robots we don't feel and we're strong Mm -hmm. so it's like it's just humans basically kicking cars like it's not yeah and i wonder if clunky robot can have some kind of conversation with the higher up that's like why are they why because it'd be cool if the higher up was just that's just how they're programmed programmed to fight Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i feel like we need we have main character. I feel like we need a secondary character who is human. Yeah, to most move definitely. This forward. A Jane to a Tarzan of sorts. Yeah, yeah. The 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 YA fifteen year old. I want to see the world. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> wow, robots are so cool. <laughs> but I'm conflicted because Dad says I can't talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate YA. <laughs> so one of my favorite genres but i, I was gonna it. say it's like all i read but like <laughs> oh man you know jesse hates YA. he would i love you jesse mean that endearingly <laughs> anyway moving on um yeah so we have our i think we should just stick with it our 15 year old ya secondary lead um meets the exploration team is this 15 year old like wandering the caves because it's fun and quirky yeah i think it is because it's fun and quirky then come across a bunch of robots twice their size oh yeah (laughs) i kind of i feel like the personality of the secondary lead has to be really well handled because in my mind it's either i am terrified of the robots and i want to fight them because i'm a feisty like 15 year old or it's dad won't let me be an engineer yeah (laughs) but if i could be i would be building this shit i've read that ya novel (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm trying to think of like how we can keep a more original secondary lead a part of this narrative. God, you know what I like triply don't want? Hmm. Like triply. I don't want to deal with, how do I say this? The ethics of robosex. Like I'm so beyond uninterested in writing that story. What do robots need that for? Well, robots don't. It'd be like the secondary leader, anyone else in the story being horny for the robots. Because I, ooh, I despise, despise that. Maybe it's because you opened this prompt with Baymax where I'm like, these don't look, like, they look human, but they don't look human. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking too, like, rotund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, even if they don't all look like Baymax, like, they look like robots. Yeah, I mean, they're... They have no need for a more humanoid form. Like, I'm, yeah. I hope they have tails. I want robots with tails. I want the Dinobots from Transformers. <gasps> That's what I want. Now I want to know what these robots look like. Because I bet you anything, whatever humans look like, is not most efficient. I was going to say, yeah. And these robots are probably designed more like um, creatures or animals. Like, the idea to be um, quadrupedal. Yeah. Or on wheels. Or on wheels! I'm so fascinated by robo... Robo anything. (laughs) Robo society. But we need, like, more dramatic stakes in this story. Yeah. To really go somewhere. Because it can be just about, like, human and robot relations. And, like, our secondary lead is sort of in the middle of that with clunky robot. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I really... I don't want to write another humans v. robot war. Yeah. Yeah. I want more from this 15-year-old right now. I don't know them yet. How do we... What do we want from them? Well, they're already being quirky and weird, so that's part of their character, right? Yeah. Are we thinking, like... Not necessarily, like, full-on exile, but, like, almost outcast. Like, not really... Doesn't have a lot of friends in the colony. Because I feel like they're by themselves. That's interesting, yeah. Can we give this kid have their only parent be criminalized? Oh, fascinating. I was picturing them as like a um, leader of the humans, but that's way more <laughs> like usable. <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Oh, so if their parent is criminalized, hmm. Then they've been by themselves for a hot minute, mm-hmm. I assume. Mm-hmm. trying to survive on their own as I assume is slightly more reasonable in whatever this underground dystopic society is as opposed to what we have today. Maybe our secondary lead is an opportunist. Yeah. Maybe that's how we can break out of the... Um, break dad out of jail? Break dad out of jail. I think very much break dad out of jail because I think there's a lot of chaos when the humans are able to come up. And I wonder if our secondary lead convinces Clunky Robot to, like, join them to save one person who got stuck behind. Interesting. I'm so... Okay, so... I know you were talking about either this child is, Dad won't let me be an engineer, or I'm terrified so I'm going to fight you. I'm finding a, like, I'm terrified, I'm wary... How can I take advantage of your existence? Yeah, very much so. No, I think this, I mean, this kid has probably had to con their way through life for a long time. Definitely takes after dad in that. I love that dad's in jail. Yes. Kid has daddy issues. It's a natural route. I'm liking this 15-year-old. Yeah, I'm vibing with the daddy issues. Okay. Because then I wonder if it becomes less about the relations between humans and robots and more about this 15 year old who becomes a bit of an antagonist in a sense yeah trying to get the best of both worlds an antagonist protagonist yeah so 15 year old convinces entire robot crew or just baymax I think just our protagonist because I think the exploration crew is like well there's a lot of people that we have to manage now like we have to help everyone sort of get back up so that they can be studied go robots 
Because then I think Clunky Robot gets like pulled aside. Because I bet our opportunist like sees like an emotional vulnerability. Absolutely. In Clunky Robot and is like, no, your big heart is what's going to make me work things out. Kid cries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Has to explain to the robot what tears are, Mm -hmm. what pain is. Yeah, no, for sure. I want it to be in such like a, you know, like cliche breakups. Like, it's not you, it's me. I want it to be the worst, most cliche explanation ever, but it works because it's a robot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our protagonist has no reason to doubt this child. Yeah. This teenager, really. Yes. They're a child. Yeah. They're basically a child. Because then I feel like maybe this opening third of the book... Yeah, I all the time. <laughs> um, I feel like it's about um, Clunky Robot kind of being used by our secondary lead, gets Dad out of jail, but I think Dad is sick. I was going to say Dad's dead. I was going to say Dad's dead, Dad's dying, or he's sick. Because he's not going to be around for much longer. Yeah. But I think by the time they get Dad out, they don't really care anymore. Like, they've achieved this goal. Now they're looking for something new. They're looking for better ways to utilize the robots. But I'm not sure what that means for Opportunist. They want to get ahead now. Does Opportunist want revenge? I was going to say that might be the natural. Well, now I'm pissed. Yeah. Especially if dad ends up dying. Yeah. What do you think dad thinks about this? Do you? Okay. Do we think dad was actually guilty of something? I think so. Yeah. But I think dad had been like, quote unquote, incarcerated for a long time. Because I Mm. imagine like. This guy has been starving to death for weeks now, months mm. maybe. Like, I don't think he can express any coherent thoughts by the time like this is over. Oh, gotcha. And I almost wonder if we don't know Dad's crime until like the climax of this book. Sure, sure, sure. Because that would be interesting. Because what I would love for there to be is um, Dad dies and they have to go back up. And it's clunky robots sitting next to our 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're at a lake, because I imagine lakes are really nice um, to sit at. <laughs> um, and I, I would love for our secondary lead to have some like short dialogue here about how some humans are particularly shitty. And just like it's very pointed at the people who put their dad away like that, but it becomes a greater metaphor for how this human is particularly shitty. Yeah, absolutely. And then do we have opportunists trying to convince Robot, hey, that person would be better off dead? Yeah, like that person is a really bad person. And I think Clunky Robot is like, really? Like, should we be concerned? Are they a threat? And I think opportunists is like, yeah. Absolutely. They'll destroy people and they'll destroy robots. Mm-hmm. And I think with like... With Clunky Robot, what I also want there to be is conversations had with either some of the exploration team or, like, the manager of the exploration team. And they just, like, you don't need to be spending time with the humans. The humans are going to die off or the humans are just going to do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We have no business with them. You don't need to be involved in their disputes. Yeah. Just just put your pet in the human center and be yeah. done with it. Like, we have bigger things to do humans get too self-involved and then clunky robot's like no why but i love my pet <laughs> yeah but we're, we're friends <laughs> i want opportunists to call clunky before that scene to call clunky robot you're my best friend you have to help me oh you're my only friend yeah yeah no for sure friends help each other mm-hmm Somehow I do want this story to end in um, human extinction. I think that's where it has to go. For sure. I mean, well, I'm kind of interested in the contemplation Mm. that um, this society that they found is basically wiped out. Maybe the opportunist is still around or maybe we've gone too far into the future. They just died. Mm -hmm. But... With the chance that there are other communities. 
Oh, like still hidden. Mm-hmm. That would be well. Maybe that's what pushes like the robot um, exploration team to like diversify. Mm-hmm. More robots are like inducted into this, repurposed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I kind of want clunky robot to make that push though. Like after our climax and everything goes to hell and most of the humans are dead, clunky robots like there could be more. We could go find them. Because they're not that bad. Yeah. There could be more good ones around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unlike opportunist. Right. I don't think... I think clunky robot, like, sees the nuance, though. Like, they were gullible for a long time, but eventually they're like, yeah, you used me, but you were really hurt the whole time. Yeah. It's very much, but I know why you did it. Yeah. What a good robot. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the climax point? I, you know what it is? I think it's a dispute between Clunky. I mean, classic. It's a conflict between our two characters. Mm-hmm. But I think it's Clunky Robot will not kill the leader of the humans. Oh. I think Clunky Robot is... Because this is where we start diving into the morals of it. I think Clunky Robot goes, this does not make sense to me. My question is, does that argument happen while opportunist is proposing the plan or does opportunist propose a tilted plan and they go along and they're in the room with the leader and robot says no i think they're in the room with the leader because then i want opportunist to be the one to lunge forward absolutely and try and kill human leader absolutely i think that's where that has to go because then what would be interesting is if opportunist somehow also has like because i know we has like convinced other people to be on their side as well yeah yeah. Through like rumors and hearsay. And maybe Clunky Robot is like a part of this part in the process, whatever. But I kind of want there to be like a bloodbath in this yes, room. Yes. And I think all Clunky Robot can do is stare because they don't have weapons of their own mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do. Yeah. God, I want this to be so climactic. I want opportunists to be like screaming and crying, like ugly crying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the leader who's. I don't know, maybe they're crippled at this point. Maybe they're tied up. I'm not sure. But they're not moving. They can't move. Yeah. And then Opportunist goes in for the swing and Clunky Robot's like, that's not right. Yeah. It's incorrect. Restrains them. And then they fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clunky Robot hugs them. I'm sorry. I know you're sad. I think they also die there. Yeah. I think opportunists, like, I think it's very much, um... I think Robot kills them. Yeah. But I think Robot still pulls in, like, their dying body for that hug. Yeah. And just, I'm so sorry. Because then I think what it becomes is we have this moment where they're hugging and the life is, like, out of opportunist body. And maybe we cut forward a bit where Clunky Robot is talking to the exploration robots and sending them on their way. Because now the goal is to make sure no one else is suffering like Opportunist was. Yeah. Yeah. I want earlier in the story for them to have a conversation about, like, human customs. Because I imagine Clunky Robot's, like, this really curious person. It's like, wow, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And in the end there, I want Robot to bury the Opportunist. Oh, yeah. I want them to also put um, something weird on their grave, like a, an empty can or something dumb like that, because I want opportunists to have lied about that custom. Yeah. Because I think it's even funnier if, like, it just shows how shitty opportunist kind of was. Yeah. But how yeah. much Clunky Robot cared. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. You know what else is, I don't, I don't imagine there's a lot of empty cans lying around in the robot world. Yeah, exactly. So I imagine, like, the robot spending a long time looking for one. Looking for one or, like, making their own somehow. It's like a crudely scribbled tomatoes on the front. Yeah. That's really cute. It's definitely a bittersweet ending, but I think Mm -hmm. it worked because we still, we were able to keep the clunky robot as a clunky robot without, um... Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of um, stories that will take a cutesy, lovable character and then force them to the harshness of reality and by the end they're an edgelord. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like such, it's yeah. such a trope. Yeah. 
But I like Clunky Robot being both naive and wanting to understand and understanding. Yeah. Yeah, my biggest fear with writing something like this is that whenever there's robots, I don't ever want to, like, take a human and put it in a robot body, you know? Oh, yeah. I want them to be robots, and I think that worked this time. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Robots are, like, such fascinating um, characters to work with. Mm. Truly, like, my favorite brand of monster. (laughs) It's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a sad, happy, good ending, I think. All in all, yeah. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story, don't contract a robot into breaking your dad out of prison. Yeah, maybe maybe just let your dad die. <gasps> maybe just bite the brunt, you know? Yeah. Like, be glad you survived the... Whatever sent you underground <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we will see you guys after the break. Okay, bye. bye. Just want to start off this the break by saying, God, I love that clunky little robot. It was a perfect, perfect, like, comparison when they started off just like, Baymax... And Big Hero, was it five? Was it six? It's six, by the way. (laughs) Either way, I hope you all enjoyed this upcoming segment where we see the sexy assassin. That's all I'm going to leave it. That's how I'm going to leave it. Thank you all for listening. This is Off the Notepad, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye! Hello, welcome back. I hope you did not enjoy Gavin's voice, because I never do. God, what did Gavin even say during that one? Probably something stupid. Probably, probably something terrible. Yeah. Oh, Gavin. Anyway, you're back to listening to our beautiful voices. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> We've got you. So, I have a pr- character for you, Halika. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. A character, not a prompt. A no, no, A whole protagonist. A protagonist, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, hoping this time that we will find a prompt protagonist synergy. Ooh, let's try. (laughs) I offer you an assassin. Okay. Um. No synergy? Actually, okay. No, I have a decent one. I have a decent one. (laughs) This one is a bit bare bones. We'll also need a second character with this. Um, but we can, I think we can work that in because it could also be assassin and target, which yeah. might be interesting. Yeah. Um, but this is the prompt I have. The protagonist undergoes quantum entanglement. The idea that two particles are linked to one another, regardless of distance. When one particle moves, the other must respond either by going down or mimicking the movement and so on and so forth. So the idea is that this assassin becomes, um, tied to another person. Interesting. And we can develop the mechanics of that, but it needs to be a, um, a dual story in that sense. Scientific soulmate AU? It could be. We have a, a penchant for setting up our murderers with like <gasps> romantic partners. Uh, yeah, we do. So we could. You know what my favorite trope is? Have you seen that thread? It's either on Twitter or Pinterest or Tumblr or something originally got posted is like um imagine a dating app based on your google search history and the follow-up was writers and serial killers would get paired up together yeah yeah no that's really good (laughs) you also wanted to know how to get rid of a body that's been in a bathtub for three days (laughs) me too how long does it take for a person to bleed out Shout out to Google for always having the answer, regardless of what I come to it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever looked up how to make a bomb? I have. Oh, me too. Yep. It's just something you do. It's for the writing. It's for the writing. You have to look up the weirdest shit as a writer. Yeah, you do. In this case, you would probably have to look up a lot of um, death methods for our assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, So, that's definitely an option. We're connected to a writer. That'd be funny. It'd be... hmm. I kind of want, like, a snobby assassin. That's something I've also been 
messing around with. I like um, people who are elitist about killing. Oh. I think it's so dumb. Um, I can't remember. I was talking to someone about something, a character who is both a serial killer and an artist. Oh. It was terrible. Terrible artists should not be killers. That's interesting, though, because if we have assassin and author, then you have them come to... I'm imagining a coffee shop AU. Don't ask me why. Oh, no! So I imagine them sitting together in a coffee shop and the writer being like, this is the thing that I just wrote, and assassin being like, no, gross, that's not how you kill somebody. Alternatively, because they're quantumly entangled, what if writer is like, I had a fever dream about killing someone in this manner, and assassin is like, I did that last week. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that. I'm like, what if the writer just comes in with like, hey, I wrote this scene. Do you want to like read it for me and tell me what you think? Ooh, this is fascinating. Because I almost kind of want it to be in a way where, I mean, this is a bit of a, a terrible setup. Audience do better. Um, but like, assassin is sent to kill head of some like science company whatever accidentally gets involved into experiment shit goes for whatever reason quantum entanglement happens so assassin knows that they are connected to someone but they don't know who just yet so they have to track that down okay but writer doesn't know mm-hmm. but writer is probably experiencing like the heavier not setbacks the symptoms mm-hmm. of the entanglement like writing down um, assassin's deeds because they sound so incredible and no one would ever do this in real life but assassin does yeah because then it becomes a tension in the beginning of you can't publish this yeah because i really do like the coffee shop au and that our assassin i'm i'm imagining a sexy man okay it's really bad yeah um, i'm okay with that <laughs> but i think that's where we are and i think he's like very charming and eager and he sits down because he knows that he's quantumly entangled with this woman and he needs to get her alone to kill her oh yes and then you know of course they have conversations and there's a synergy there that like even he can't deny Mm -hmm. so he doesn't really want to kill her but he can't let her publish her shit so i don't know yeah i kind of want her to be like we have we have like hot badass assassin Mm -hmm. But, the, and I'm imagining a girl writer mm-hmm. as, like, really charming, charismatic, kind of innocent in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I also want her to be snarky. Yeah. Like, I think she's so annoyed when he sits down. Yeah. Because, like, do you not see the table? Yeah. <laughs> there are drafts everywhere. I have a deadline. <laughs> do you think he poses as a writer, too? Interesting. Because he has to, she's annoyed that he sat down. So he has to say something. Oh, I'm just super interested in what you're writing. I'm a writer, too. Yeah, like, I couldn't help but notice you seem really hard at work um, on these drafts. Do we think... What is our... um, Because the only qualms I have about writing a romantic story involving this assassin is I'm worried that he's actually a really shitty person, and I don't want to have to deal with, like, assassin redemption arc or punishing him for killing people. Mm. But I also don't want to be like, he only kills because he has to provide for his family or something like that. Yeah. I've, so with assassins, what do you see? You see, I have to provide for my family and or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or self. Yeah, I'm doing this for someone else. Yeah. Um, there's there's shitty person. I don't care who I kill. Yeah, I'm in it for the money. There's I only kill good good people. I only kill bad people. <laughs> kill innocent civilians that's a serial killer no (laughs) anyway there's the righteous i only kill bad people right like the jobs are more about morality Mm -hmm. which i'm not super interested in that one either no i kind of want him to kill because he's not he doesn't think he's good at anything else i think that's funny nagisa no no Hi, Alika Campbell here. I may have accidentally just stolen uh, from assassination. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Gavin, cut that. <laughs> they can't know. <laughs> no! Okay. No, no, I like that, though. Like, they didn't know what else to do with their life, and they just, at some point, maybe when they were a teenager, maybe when they were a young adult, they had an in. And mm-hmm. they just kind of took it. 
Oh, yeah. And they were kind of uncomfortably good at it. Yeah, definitely one of those, like, for whatever reason, it just clicked. Yeah. Maybe it's one of the only things that have ever clicked with this guy. Yeah. Actually, what's kind of interesting, this is going to sound absolutely psychotic, what's really fascinating about having this assassin paired with a writer is that the writer, because eventually she's going to find out that he's an assassin, whether it's the climax of the book or maybe even earlier on, Mm -hmm. um... I kind of think she's going to be oddly okay with this because writers are kind of deranged. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, it doesn't sound real, so I don't believe you. But even then, now I'm thinking of you as a character. Yep. Looks them dead in the eye and says, that's so interesting. Yeah. Could you tell me more, actually? Yeah. Because I think in some part, she's justified it as... This guy is just, like, telling a story as though it were real, but then she's also okay with this. She doesn't mind being a bystander if it's for her work. Because mm-hmm. then I think we can get away from the um, naive woman ex bad boy shit. True. True. That conversation would be so interesting, though, where assassins, like, you're not put off by the fact that I kill people and she goes just like yeah 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 yeah, whatever tell me more about this <laughs> she's like yeah we could dive into that but I'm not interested in that tell me about your methods <laughs> how do you feel when you kill someone <laughs> tell me about the technique mm-hmm. what's going through your mind let's do a character analysis of you yeah yeah interesting I think that conversation is also where we get into wow, that sounds really similar to this character that I've been writing. Assassin's like, well, you see. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I don't know, does he tell her that they're quantumly entangled? I don't know. Well, let's step back a little bit. Assassin's trying to kill her. Yes, initially, yeah. (laughs) And then he can't bring himself to do it because he's oddly intrigued by her. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got to be a balance throughout this narrative, though, right? Where Assassin's like, okay, today is the day yeah. when I'm going to go kill her. No, I and then she does yeah. something endearing. It's like, fuck. It's like, well, hmm, I can wait a day. Yeah. Yeah, little things like that. I think also, because I want them to go through like the ups and downs of being two people trying to accomplish two very different things. Yeah. Like, I want them to fight a couple times, like just bickering and she's being annoying. And I want him to just like think every single time, it would be so easy to just kill you right now. Yeah. And, like, that thought continues to nag at him, but throughout the book, it just gets a little quieter every time because it becomes less and less of a real option. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what would be interesting and fucked up and interesting? Hmm. If a writer, at some point, well into their relationship, they're sitting in this coffee shop, and she looks at him and she says, can you try and kill me? <laughs> I want to experience what that's like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, try hunting me for a day. Oh, <gasps> Oh my god, because you know what would be so interesting? He takes her out on a date, and it's a normal, it is a normal evening, and they sit down at the end, and she's like, you didn't try to kill me once. And he goes, no, the whole day. Like, to further express that at any given moment they spend together, he is weighing the option of killing her. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's his way of telling her that. Mm -hmm. Because then I think things get a little more serious for our writer. Mm -hmm. Because then it's like, oh, wow, you're not kidding. I don't know. What's our arc? What happens? I know, we need a thing. What I kind of want, I want them to end up working together on this book, and he's able to convince her to change enough details so that it's not like exact recountings of the people he's killed. Wow, that's my name. Yeah, like, who boy, you really put in the body location and everything. <laughs> um... And I think she gets published at some point. Maybe that's the climax. They mm. Maybe that's actually how they get together. They're celebrating her getting published, and it's very cute. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think she blows up as an author. Like, people are really into her work. Oh, yeah. Because then it's I... It's amazing. It's realistic. Because then I want a psychotic fan involved. I want a fan who's, like... A copycat? Yes, exactly. Some, like young 18 year old something who thinks they can do it better yeah because then i want them to try and attack her because i'm interested in seeing that really quick are we talking copycat writer or copycat assassin copycat assassin okay just making sure okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah copycat Perfect. assassin copycat assassin <laughs> tries to kill her 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess not a fan, but someone who's almost like insulted by the work. Like, I would never kill a person like this, or people can't actually do that. Clearly, you've never experienced death firsthand. So, can we write this scene as happens in the middle of the night? Because that's when you kill people. Yeah, always. This chaotic fan, I guess is what we're calling them. Yeah, this fanatic. Fanatic. Sneaks into her house, goes into her bedroom, assassins there with her. Yep. yep. Fanatic tries to kill her, doesn't realize assassins there. Mm-hmm. Assassin kills fanatic. Ooh, yeah. I almost don't even want fanatic to make it to the bedroom. No. I think fanatic comes in through like the sliding glass door mm-hmm. and is like, assassins in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Cause then I want assassin to just very quickly like just neck snapped. Sure. Yeah. Done. And then I want her to come down the stairs. Oh, what is that, honey? Yeah, like, hi. You said you were coming up in like 10 minutes. <laughs> there is now a corpse in my kitchen. Oh, someone tried to sneak into your house. Yeah. Like, oh, this, look at this knife. This, this guy. This dude. Pathetic. Yeah. No form. Because <gasps> then we get to see like the because i imagine this happens obviously later in the story yeah then like we get to see that snobby elitism like rear its ugly head once more yeah yeah it's sloppy it's pathetic there's no coordination Mm -hmm. got killed so easily (laughs) i didn't even close the sliding glass door (laughs) oh little assassin things little assassin things is this a fight are they getting in a fight yeah because I think what happens is she goes, well, you should have called the police. Like, you should have, I don't know, you didn't have to kill this person. You could have just knocked them out. I know you're capable of holding back. And Assassin's like, why? Yeah. They were going to kill you. Yeah, it was just easier. Yeah, like, I, you know. Because I don't want it to be one of those, I was protecting you. I think it's just like, this is instinct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go for the kill, and if they're not good enough to defend themselves, then they shouldn't have decided to be an assassin killer in the first place. Yeah. Like, that's got to be part of their elitism, right? Like, you have to be able to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. That comes first and foremost. Yeah. I don't know. And it sounds like he's really separated himself from, like, the rest of people in that sense. There are people who can protect themselves, and there are people who can't. Yeah. And I think that's probably something he says. And I think she points out, then you don't think, you don't think I can protect myself. Yeah. And he goes, no, you can't. Yeah. Is this the get out of my house part? Yeah. I think it is. Because I can't think of a different way to end this fight. Yeah. But yeah. I, and take the fucking body with you. Yeah. I think it's very much, he <laughs> leaves the door and she goes, and take the body. <laughs> Comes back in. And he disposes of the corpse. Because the assassin is still our protagonist, so I think we stay with him as he's, like, dismembering this body and, like, ruminating on this. Mm-hmm. So then what happens next? Because I don't want this fight to end in a, well, he was right for saving her, or she was no. right for not wanting the killer to die. No, everyone sucks here. Yeah, everyone sucks here, and everyone's, like, half right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want there to be a... I don't know, assassin calls her up after a day, two days, a week, because she hasn't contacted him and be like, hey, can I come back now? Are we mm-hmm. good now? Can we, is yeah. this fight over? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she says, no, like, that. this ain't healthy. Yeah. You're, not, you're not good. Better yet, I think she tells him, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm working on my next book. I can't speak to you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Better yet, her assistant answers. <gasps> That's right. That's, That's right. rough. Pulled the fucking assistant card. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like then we turn into Assassin's like, okay, she has to die now. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be serious about it this time. Well, it's not even like I'm mad at her. She has to die. It's like, okay, sh- this has run its course. Yeah, like we're it's done. It's over now. Ooh. Because <laughs> then I think with that mentality in mind... Because he's also just, like, vaguely heartbroken to an extent. Yeah. He enjoyed this experience. I want him to see her with someone else. Oh. I think that, like, it's a bit tropey, but I think it's really interesting to witness her in public. Not, like, truly romantically, but, like, laughing with another person. Sure. And, like, I need that to be the moment where Assassin realizes, 
oh god like we really never lived in the same world did we Mm. quantum entanglement nothing yeah 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 no that's really interesting i want him to spend a long time thinking about how he's going to kill her planning it out to the t and then i want him go to her house in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. sneak in go up to her bedroom and she's sitting at her desk staring at a bunch of pages she says looks up to him yeah i knew you were coming yeah i want him to climb through the window because then i want her to go yep it was unlocked it's really weird that you did this yeah yeah i want them to talk Mm. i want them to have a conversation there because I, I think at this point, if she hasn't been told this, she's figured it out. Mm-hmm. We have some kind of connection, and I know you've been thinking about killing me. Yeah. And I know how serious that is for you. Mm. I kind of want her to give a half laugh in the middle of them talking. She's like, I know you didn't plan on saying anything during this, but I'm <gasps> glad that you did. I'm going to Yeah. God, yeah. He has to kill her now, right? I almost want it so like he's sitting on the windowsill because I imagine this as a graphic novel for whatever reason like framed by the curtains and the moon in the back mm. and she's like by the desk and like the lamp and so on so forth so it's like warmer he was on one side colder and I want her to cross to where she's like standing right in front of him because I imagine he's the kind of assassin who's like silencer on the pistol kind of guy yeah and I want her to like put the gun to her heart Yes. It's, again, tropey, but I love it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, like, smile at him and tell him that she doesn't regret the time they spent together. Her story is done. Yeah. Now, the issue with this is the quantum entanglement. When one particle moves, one has to respond. (laughs) So, this doesn't necessarily mean that they both die, but what I would find really funny slash interesting slash sad is if he shoots her she falls back he falls the other way out the windowsill and it's he doesn't die from this but it's clumsy and he doesn't get to see like her final moments Mm. as she falls back that'd be really cute because then i just want him to like land in her bushes and just stare just lay there and that's the final panel guys yeah that's it that was a really fun one. Yeah. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, that was super cute. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you loved it, hated it, let us know. You have our email, offthenotepad at gmail.com. You know our Instagram, offthenotepad. <laughs> we have a TikTok. Theoretically, we've uploaded to it so many times now. Talk to us, please. Yeah, interact with us. Tell us what you think. Well, thank you for listening. This was a fun one. Mm, Bye. Goodbye.